Welcome to the underground, the Steel City Underground, the black and gold standard for Pittsburgh Steelers coverage. Now, here's your host, Joe Kuzma and Zach Celedonia. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another edition of the Steel City Underground podcast. My name is Joe Kuzma, and joining me back from a, a little mini sabbatical here. It's been since the holidays, since the Thanksgiving holidays, since we've seen and won. Flash, Zach Celedonia, what's going on, my friend? How you been doing? Good, good. Things couldn't be better. I'm glad to be back. I'm not sure if I'm going to remember how to do this. Speak into the mic. Enunciate. Uh, but I'm glad to be back. <laughs> bop, I bop, think bop, uh, bop, boop, the comment section might have got a little excited thinking I might be off the show, but unfortunately, <laughs> I'm here. Well, they might have think that you might have went like with one of those um, beanie hats and snipped the palm off there. Uh, you don't have the top knot going today. <laughs> no, I'm letting it flow like Kenny Pickett. <laughs> Kenny Pickett's almost got like that Nick Cage uh, Con Air thing going. Uh, Aaron Rodgers con air thing going <laughs> same kind of oh, he looks so much better than Aaron Rodgers did though same it's an age of. thing Rodgers is too old to have that flow but oh. Kenny he's still in his 20s so it, it works absolutely man I, I feel that almost every day too there's days where I'm like do I shave just to be camera ready here or you got to do it you got to do it for the people man you know what I mean? Well, nowadays, having the baby face is out. You got to have a little something on the face. I know. I know. That's where I'm at, too. And the kid has been so used to me having a beard over the years. I know it's just a chin strap, but and that and that in itself, like I'm bald. All right. I need some type of hair up here on the upper region of my head. It's cold out there. You know what I mean? But I'm not going to go Santa style. I, I can't go Duck Dynasty. And to be completely honest, there's spots. We have all got it. There's spots on my face that don't actually produce the right amount of hair to make it look cool you know what i mean so it's like i'm not gonna do that and have this little patchy like look like i'm some preteen that you know i'm going through puberty or whatever i got some right friends with there. that same problem they still can't grow a beard whereas i've been able to grow one since like seventh grade don't know why but again i think that's why i'm so short because what i lack in height i make up for in hair all over my body <laughs> and i have very many friends just like you over the years too about a friend named jason i just think i always used to call him a sasquatch so he's just yeah like, i haven't not heard that before yeah he could be on the jack slinks commercials so <laughs> some free <laughs> I, club. I know man man we could get in a, so just a little bit of side note off the air i think me and zach must have talked for like almost 40 minutes before we actually got on the horn and actually started doing this show just about all kinds of random stuff talking about his um unhealthy gambling obsessions which have leaked into the world cup and, <laughs> and all kinds of stuff um well the yeah. world cup's the last of my worries it's the college football slate that's been screwing me over i actually did oh. decent World cup Oh man, college football is just insane. It's just insane. And I thought, you know, I, I'm a hater. I'm I'm definitely an Alabama hater. I'm a Mich I almost said the full word. That university up north hater as well. So you know, if I'm an I'm an Ohio State guy, I, I'm not so rooted in Ohio State. I've got several teams I follow. Obviously, my alma mater is Youngstown State, but they're not on the same level. They're an FCS school. They're out. They didn't make the postseason, so they're out. And you know, but I don't have. You didn't take the loss too hard to Harbaugh. Oh no, I, that that still sucked. That that sucked ass, man. <laughs> I, I, they got their ass kicked. 
Like I, I you know, uh, I want revenge for that. Absolutely. Like it's been fun. It's it's one of those things, kind of like when the Cleveland Browns win a game against the Steelers. Like a broken clock could be right like twice a day, and the Browns winning like once in a decade. It's like okay, uh, this sucks. Uh, it could suck even more. But now it's like you know, two in a row or whatever. I don't, I don't. That don't sit well with me, especially since it's Harbaugh. I have not liked that guy since he was in the NFL. I don't like either of them. Uh, I could respect John a little more than Jim. Jim is like that little, is he the younger one? I don't even know, but he's this whiny little brat and he's always on uh, the G field. Jim's younger, I believe. Uh, and I it think. would make sense just based on their character traits or their personalities that you see leak through the screen. And him going to Michigan was just like icing on the cake because I don't have anything against the 49ers. In fact, uh, for, former 49ers owner Edward J. DeBartlow from Youngstown area, my hometown. And there's actually a building there that the Bartlow building has a 49ers logo on. And if you're ever in Boardman, Ohio and strolling down uh, Market Street there, Route 5, you'll see that. It looks so out of place. It's like, why is this in Northeast Ohio with the with the West Coast NFL team's logo on it? And then, then it make a little more sense for you. So the 49ers ties there, like growing up in the 80s when the Steelers sucked, Everybody around was like pretty much a, a fever pitch. I mean, the Browns were good then, but also the 49ers. So you had some people jump on that bandwagon and you would have just random stuff like, you know, that the patriarch of that family really got into the shopping mall scene and everything like that. So you'd have 49ers players coming to town for no good apparent reason or anything like that. And there's still some of those ties. They make a pit stop there in Youngstown every so often. The 49ers do when they're headed out to play like East Coast teams. They'll actually come in and stop there and they do some like community work appearance type stuff. It's pretty cool. It's pretty cool. It's a little after a side effect note to all that. But anyways, yeah, the Harbaugh's, you, know, you could keep them. I, I don't like either. of Like John, John, unfortunately, and it makes me puke to actually say this. He reminds me so much of Bill Cower. He really does. Um, just uh, there's just something with him. But but Jim, Jim's name, too. And it's funny because the Colts fans that were sitting behind me the previous Monday night, they're talking about the ring of honor. It's up there, like around the field. There's guys that are in that ring of honor that are on the stadium, like their names, like Jim Harbaugh is one of them. He was there like three, four years and they have these. Yeah. yeah, Right. Didn't he get them to a championship game though? Yeah. Uh, with the Steelers or with the Steelers are the ones that knocked that clown out. So the oh, one year. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Which okay. makes it even more savory. In fact, um, trying to think here. Uh, how long ago that was? The Harbaugh-Steelers rivalry goes five. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, I'm sure it does. I'm sure it does. But don't don't worry. If the Colts made it to the AFC title game, they put a banner up in their stadium, too. It says AFC finalists. So this is like, I may as well flame on them. They got their ass. Talk about getting your ass handed to you on Monday Night Football against the Cowboys. Yeah, that, a lot of people will say, wow, okay. So the Steelers beat a really bad team. They've been beating some bad teams. Yeah, they're kind of middling, all right? We all kind of know that. And they're kind of growing into their own. But at least they're not losing to these teams. Matt Ryan, just, oh, my goodness. And the highest paid offensive line in football, just that looked so bad against the Cowboys. And it was... I hate to break it to people, but a lot of teams and players benefit from playing the bad teams in the NFL and the average teams. Uh, matter of fact, I heard a stat the other day uh that Tua is actually terrible against any team that is top 10 or top five and uh look what happened yesterday against the Niners I think Tua is a good player but oh, he's yeah. definitely benefited this year from picking on bad teams and lackluster defenses uh to help improve the general 
opinion of him. And um, it goes for Tua, it goes for the Dolphins, it goes for the Steelers, it goes for a lot of teams. Like, you have the benefit of beating bad teams sometimes. Look at Tom Brady's career. Oh, absolutely. And you know what? You can only play who's on your schedule. And I'm glad you brought up Brady because the Patriots popped into my brain as well. You're looking at both East, like the, they used to be NFC least, AFC least, and both of them, like pretty much, I think all of their teams, if I look this up and I'm I'm thinking correctly, they're all over 500, all eight of those teams in both of the divisions. Yeah. Heading in, they were for sure. I'm going to confirm that. Yeah. So New England six and six now. So they're at 500. So nobody below 500 there. And, uh, in the basement, the commander seven five and one. I think we would kill for seven five and one right now if you're a Steelers fan, and yeah. and, and that would be good enough. Um, almost to, to you'd be in the thick of this. They're not completely out of this, but man, the Bengals crawled their ass back into this somehow. Uh, they get lucky, and sometimes they're good too. I'm not gonna take anything away from Joe Burrow. Baltimore might be hurting. We're gonna be looking at that later this week. Lamar Jackson leaves that game, but the Patriots, the Patriots, the Patriots at six and six, bottom of their division. Uh, New York Jets seven and five, eight and four. Miami Dolphins and the Bills at nine and three. Now, like, just rocketed back into that top spot. And I think they're above the whole AFC. And the Steelers played all these teams, and so yeah, they played a lot of good teams to start this, and they were winnable games. And you look back at who the Patriots beat, and uh, like they beat what Mitch Trubisky, um. Was it Jared Goff? I'm trying to think who's here. Jacoby Brissett, uh, Zach Wilson, maybe Sam Ellinger, and I'm trying Richards to think. Definitely the worst team in the East. Yeah, but- I, I don't think they're a very good team at all. I think they are bad. They're I think, a bad team. Yeah, I think there's only one of these games where they won, where uh, with their six victories this season, where the that team still has the same starting quarterback as when they played the Patriots was the statistic. And Not I have one to- of those. Yeah, so like Trubisky, for example, when they beat the Steelers, like everybody, Sam Ellinger is now benched back for the Colts. Uh, for Kobe Brissett, Deshaun Watson. Exactly, exactly, yeah. exactly. So that's uh, that's kind of an interesting tidbit. In fact, maybe even the Jets. Uh, I don't know if the Jets was Zach Wilson or if that was um, uh, Flacco. No, it was Zach Wilson. Oh, yeah, the three interception game. How could I forget that? That was where... Wilson really started catching some heat. This is where I'm against the people that say the Steelers don't know how to lose right, man. Tank and tank and get a quarterback because they're not happy about Kenny Pickett. And heading into this one, I found something. You know I'm a Rudolph, Mason Rudolph um, kind of sympathizer and apologist. But a truther. A truther. But there was a very interesting set of statistics that I pulled. And this was ahead of yesterday's game against the Falcons, by the way. And I'm going to see if I can uh, if I can grab it real quick. Uh, but if you compared Mason Rudolph's 2019 season, uh, very it's very similar. I think it, it, overall, it's, this is for the people who say Mason Rudolph didn't have a chance. And I'm trying to ask if do you do you, do people feel the same way about Kenny? Yes, no. Would you pull Kenny at this point? And everybody would be like, no, you're out of your mind. And Rudolph had 10 career starts and heading into yesterday's game, Pickett had seven and yesterday was his eighth. So Rudolph in just 2019 was uh, 176 for 283, 1,765 yards, 13 touchdowns, nine interceptions for an 82 quarterback rating. So Pickett, all of his numbers were below that and he had a 73.5 rating. He only had 1,600 yards, 
three touchdowns, eight picks, right? 175 for 265. And now uh, we could probably surmise, if I look up some statistics, he's probably right on that mark right now. But people would say Rudolph had his chance. He had his chances. And it's like, uh, but there's still others, though. And we know it's the pick connection, right? He's the guy who played for the local college. So there's some people who are going to defend him a little bit more and they're going to be more of a fan because of it. And I'm not against either of these guys. I'm not trying to make it that way. It's just because this is the way fans think with their entitlement that a quarterback has to be like amaze balls, like right out the gate. And very seldom is that ever going to be the case. And I don't want to be a broken record because we've said this many, 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 many of times here on the show. But to pull up one of the tweets that you had, uh, two of the tweets actually that you had me pull for this um, uh, post game show, let's pull up first uh, Chris uh, Dokish or Dokish. I don't know how you say his name properly, but Pickett's passer rating the last five games has climbed, especially post bye week. So if you take a look at it here, 66.9, 79.7, 85.9, 87.5, and 90.9, he's getting better every single game. And, He's literally spelling it out for you. Yeah. And for the people that still aren't convinced and they, they're upset and they want the Steelers to go grab the next Zach Wilson or Sam Darnold or Baker Mayfield apparently is going to be released now and heading to waivers. Oh, man. Top overall picks, folks. Top overall pick with Baker Mayfield. And it, it's more the rule than the yeah, But you see how many chances these guys get. Yes. And that's the difference with the Mason Rudolph thing. I, I'm with you on the impatience from fans and not viewing things fairly, but Mason wasn't a first-round pick. He wasn't no. viewed as the future. No. He wasn't treated the same because that matters to NFL teams and, and the staff. Like Their numbers are similar right now, but the idea is that Kenny will be the starter, hopefully, for 10-plus years. Absolutely. Mason didn't have that. He wasn't looked at in that way. I'm with you that fans are impatient and Mason took a little too much shit and his numbers look good when you look back at him compared to Kenny's right now. But that's the difference that he, you know, it's um, pedigree, it's pedigree, it's expectations, it's investments with these picks. And the Steelers haven't taken a first round quarterback since Ben. So that's why he's, you know, Kenny's oh, treated yeah, differently absolutely. Absolutely. for people like me anyway, but the people that are impatient with him, I'm with, I'm with you there because the improvement is evident it's obvious it's in the stats it's in the game film i like what i'm seeing from kenny pickett um every sunday i actually i had an epiphany yesterday you know an epiphany when you just have this moment of realization oh, i thought that was a stripper's name <laughs> <laughs> epiphany and ebony crystal <laughs> well I'm, I'm sitting there i'm sitting there watching the game and by all accounts we started well kenny started well and in between drives, there's a couple misfires, a couple misreads. Kenny makes mistakes. And I'm sitting there on my phone and I'm tweeting and I'm tweeting about every uh, throw and where it looks good, where it looks bad. And I just I just realized, man, I'm like, dude, I am happy and content and excited for what I am seeing in Kenny Pickett. I know he's showing the signs of being a good quarterback. I know he is improving. So... I'm not going to continue to like, by my count, he had about three bad passes yesterday that I can't explain away or account for. But guess what? I'm not going to because it's three bad passes. Like you don't do this 
for every quarterback in the NFL. I know Kenny's a rookie, and I know he's a polarizing subject, and everybody wants to argue about Kenny every single week. But every quarterback across the NFL, nobody goes 25 of 25 for 360 and four touchdowns. Like Tua, you know, Zara, Mike White, Justin Herbert, Joe Burrow, name it, man. They, they all miss passes in a game. But because of the arguments and the hot topic that is Kenny Pickett and being a first-round rookie quarterback, it's almost like there's this expectation to explain away every misfire he has. And we don't have to do that anymore. At least yeah. at least I don't feel like I have to do that anymore. Like, yeah, he had some misfires yesterday. He missed Pickens on the first uh, drive. He missed Fryermuth deep. And then uh, he skipped one into Deontay Johnson about halfway through the game for like a 10-yard game. But um, the deep shot to Deontay, I firmly believe that was Deontay getting alligator arms because Kenny actually put it in a really good spot for Deontay to go up and get it in between two guys. And he didn't. Mm -hmm. he, he brought his arms back in. Yeah. Um, that was the argue that was arguably the other bad throw of the game, but I am I am explaining that one away because I think I could see what Kenny was trying to do there and put it in a spot for Deontay. Deontay just got alligator arms and pulled him back in. But I just I had this moment yesterday watching the game and it was it was so peaceful. It, it was like I hadn't I, I just didn't pull out my phone hardly at all for the second half because the first half went that well and Kenny showed that good of progression whether it was uh converting all the third downs on the opening drive i think we had four converted third downs on the opening drive whether it was using his legs to escape pressure whether it was finishing drives off the perfect pass to connor hayward for the touchdown the the, the Fryermuth play yeah it was an angry run it was a great yard after catch play from Fryermuth. it was probably his best play of his career maybe but that ball was a seed that Kenny fit in in between two Falcons defenders um, about, what, 13 yards away. So that was another good pass to NFL throw. So once I came to this uh, inner decision uh, watching the game yesterday, even though the second half was very boring and at times it looked like we were going to give it away, I, I, I just realized that I'm, I'm perfectly happy with the way Kenny's season is going so far. And it's a, it's a great feeling. I wish more people would join me. Yeah. And did Ben Roethlisberger ever miss Antonio Brown, who was wide open at times? Geez, I can remember AB in Chicago running over to the Gatorade jugs on the sideline and tossing them. And we've got, we've got a lot of like non story, like storylines that aren't necessarily completely attached to this game. Obviously, for anyone who's living under a rock, it was a 19 to 16 win. Uh, Steelers still struggled to put up some points in the second half and still struggled on offense to score touchdowns. And they settled for field goals, which allowed the Falcons to still kind of be in this game. But there were a number of adjustments and there's a number of things that people just aren't accounting for. They're not seeing the big picture. Um, do, do people ever crucify players for missing a pass sure they do zach do we remember mason rudolph not catching ray ray mcleod open in the end zone against the detroit lions like that one comes up all the freaking time and it's like it's just one pass where you got a guy who's not taking all of the starter reps at that point and it's the same thing for kenny this is where the progression and everything's coming kenny was 
third string in training camp off seasons. He's had to earn this position and move his way up. Now he got named as the backup, although we had a snafu with that, uh, a clerical error, according to Mike Tomlin, when that first depth chart came out and they made uh, Kenny, then made Kenny the backup instead of Mason Rudolph. But Mason's actually getting more snaps as a lot of times the scout team quarterback, but then you're emulating someone else's offense. This is why it's tough for these backups to play in the NFL. It's not like Mitch Trubisky was giving way to all of these snaps and all of this, um, you know, playing time and practice. He was preparing as the starter and that's going to come over time. And we saw uh, the other one that you had me uh, hand pick here that Kenny had a higher passer rating yesterday than the following quarterbacks, Aaron Rodgers, Justin Herbert, Tua, Derek Carr, and Mac Jones. I don't know that I'm going to put a feather in my cap over Mac Jones, but <laughs> I mean, it's Mac Jones is Mac Jones, right? Justin That's the feather in my cap is I was, I could not have been more not into Mac Jones last year. And there were some Steeler fans who were like, yeah, dude, but if he falls, he could be our next quarterback. I, said, I, no, I hated him. Can't be. Brian calls him Doughboy. Like, <laughs> yeah. I, I, I hate a strong word, but I never felt that he would be the fit for the Steelers uh, going forward. That's uh, just, huh. it, it, it felt like, I don't know. I don't know. Um, anyways, what was the rest on this list? We had uh, Justin Fields. Okay, he doesn't throw a whole lot. Trevor Lawrence, Deshaun Watson, who luckily uh, they played the Houston Texans, who apparently like to give up defensive and special team scores their opponents and then of course the list ends with Kirk Cousins these are all quarterbacks that Kenny Pickett had a higher passer rating then and there's people again like correct I was me if I'm wrong Joe correct yeah. me if I'm wrong um Aaron Rodgers Kirk Cousins Derek Carr Tua those are good good quarterbacks right uh Derek Carr serviceable at, at the very Don't least ruin the joke dude those, those are viewed as good quarterbacks and they are viewed not. they are almost everyone on that list is viewed I, I don't know about mac and i was joking and justin fields is using his legs more than his arm as of late but that, that's exactly the point is look what the steelers are able to do they weren't able to do this for a variety of reasons they started this is the season with trubisky as the starter and they had a really tough schedule Eagles, Bills, like you're 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 not able to play your game and get your rhythm. And now Kenny is he's just stacking. He's stacking. He's growing on blocks. I was joking that Mason, I think, had five wins um to start out like or in that 2019 season. So it's like Kenny got one more to catch Mason, but uh, that's the scary thought because uh, nobody's actually ever pointed that out. But you, they won't point it out because then you got to actually admit that Mason wasn't all that bad. But now you're also seeing where Kenny is going to not only catch him but exceed uh, where Mason where Mason was. Of course, third round pick in a very deep uh, quarterback draft class. You could maybe argue that he is marginally better than somebody like Josh Rosen at the very least. And I mention that all the time. But Kenny Pickett's the only guy where people were like, hey. That guy should have been like a second round pick. Well, Derek Carr was a second round pick too. Would you be comfortable? Would you be happy with having Derek Carr? I'm sure you would. Most of us would have been happy with Aaron Rodgers or Russell Wilson or, oh man, the Broncos. They just couldn't score any points. <laughs> man, uh, there's people out there who actually believe Tyler Huntley is a good quarterback. And I, I I like what Tyler Huntley like. offers in, in, in his toolbox. Sometimes. He doesn't have the key to the toolbox. The toolbox is locked shut sometimes. He, he, he looked well at moments last year, but I mean, as far as him being a franchise quarterback, I'd no. pump the brakes on that. But if I if I was running a team 
like, I don't know, the Texans or whatever, and I had a plan to draft a quarterback next year high, maybe I would bring Tyler Huntley in as like a, a veteran competition for, for, for backup uh, or backup for competition. But um, I, I, I don't think he's like a world beater. Like if he's what the Ravens have, I actually wanted to bring this up earlier and forgot to, but if he's what the Ravens have for the rest of the year, the Steelers have a good chance to actually finish second in the AFC North. And or first, if we sweep the Bengals. Yeah, well, yeah, if we would have swept the Bengals, <laughs> that would have been nice. Uh, that that's still that pains me. That pains me, and I'm actually not sure who the tiebreaker. Oh yeah, goes we already to. lost. Yeah. Oh, I Let's... thought I actually didn't hear that you said sweep instead of swept. I thought you were in the past tense there. Uh, yeah, it's the only division no. win that the Bengals have, though. The Steelers still have three division games on deck, and you know, two with the Ravens and one with the Browns, and you know, unfortunately, their AFC record isn't too hot. So I think their path would have to be winning the winning the division. Uh, which right now looks like, you know, the Bengals are getting hot just like they did last year. There was somebody that actually pitched this as well. They said, could the Steelers be getting as hot as they did that one year with Bill Cowher where they were the sixth seed? And I'm not ready to jump the shark yet on that, but I can't say no to that necessarily either. If they continue to play the games the way that they have, you take a look at um, time of possession, for example, which... Of course, I'm not going to find the time of possession here. For the Steelers? Yeah, here it is. Well, the time um, of possession thing is a funny, it's a fickle beast because uh, I understand both sides of this argument that, um, you know, would you like them not to have to use all three downs on every consecutive, like, drive? Yeah, of course. We want bigger plays. We want to score yeah. faster. But the important thing is, is they're able to convert these third downs, and it doesn't even seem like... Like Kenny eats third downs for breakfast, dude. He doesn't even like, he doesn't get nervous. He's very calm, cool, and collected. Even if he's just a QB sneaking it, the, the amount of third downs we've been converting last game and um, the game before have been one of the best signs, I think, of Kenny's development. It is the high rate at which we're able to convert third downs with him at the helm. Yeah, running the ball as well. And in fact, maybe you're on the same page with me with this as well. But I do think that the Steelers, they haven't been putting themselves in like really bad third down positions. They have been pretty much setting this up to make things easier with Pickett. They've been gaining chunks now in the run game where they weren't before. I don't know where this is coming from. If you would have told me before the bye that they would be chewing up, oh, let me see, because I got both, I got both, uh, Statistics 94 yards up. in the first half yesterday. Yeah, I got the. Kenny. Yeah, I was looking at the first half. Um, I was actually looking at the first half summary because I was trying to find that time of possession because they had like something like 12, 13 minutes. Uh, here it was. It was nineteen oh four to ten fifty six in the first half. Yeah, yeah, like a eight minutes, like a half a quarter more. Thirteen first downs. The Falcons had had eight, and they ran for ninety four in the first half. And what was it? Uh, One hundred fifty four overall uh in the game and the winning formula yeah literally you, you don't have Najee running for 100 but if you also said Najee wasn't going to be the bell cow that benny snell all of a sudden was going to get six carries and a 4.0 average which still isn't it's not huge but that floor is pretty good sims with it's the, the best he's looked like since the last time he got a chance to start a full game i feel like benny snell he, he's looked the best he's looked maybe in his entire Steeler career i've been really um shut up for lack of a better term about Benny Snell and his abilities Absolutely. as a running back, because he's really impressed me these past two weeks in a limited role. Um, I think it's a combination of everything, Joe. I think it's not only Najee getting healthier through time and uh, the running backs just gaining 
cohesion with uh, the, the offensive line, but it's the offensive line gaining chemistry with itself. I think because a lot of our uh, the, the same five linemen have been starting for us all season long up until yesterday when Chooks had to miss a couple snaps. And chemistry and trusting your guys with you right next to you, that's a such a real thing in football, especially in the trenches on the defensive and offensive line. And now that the offensive line, you know, they're still not a top 10 line, but they're playing still at a rate that is better than what most people expected going into the season, myself included. And not only are they playing just good enough with their skill and their play, but now they're, they're trusting each other and what they know, like in the playbook, it's, it's coming to fruition and running the ball is getting seemingly easier. I think because of all of those things. And look, as you see the run game improve, amazing. Kenny Pickett's job gets easier. That's a crazy correlation. I wish someone would have brought that up before. Running the ball helps a rookie quarterback. Oh, Isn't no that way. Crazy? Never. That's that's just not the way it works. Let's let him throw 300 times in a game. 28 times. I mean, you take a look at the last few. Okay, is it any coincidence that Kenny Pickett's, we had that up before, and, of course, uh, Chris's tweet uh, went back to the Eagles game if you're doing five games. So that was before the bye. So if you go from the Saints, uh, Saints, Bengals, Colts, and Falcons game, 79.7, uh, 85.9, uh, let me see, 87.5 and 90.9. But he, okay, 30 attempts, 42 against the Bengals. That's a loss, 28 and 28. So what's the correlating factor here? When you're not counting on Kenny to throw it 30 or more than 30 times in a game, you're winning. And when you're yeah. running the, and when you're able to effectively run the football, you're winning games. And I, I got to bring this up. There, were, I so badly wanted to call in to Jim Miller and Pat Kerwin on the SiriusXM NFL radio show the other day. I was out driving around. I don't know which day it was, but some clown calls in and had every Yinzer talking point about how Mike Tomlin hasn't won a playoff game and blah, blah, blah years and or has only had one. And what did he do with all this talent? And just to squash that real quick, because in case somebody's going to jump in the comments and say this, he didn't have that talent in the playoffs, okay? Uh, you didn't have Le'Veon Bell for several of those times. When you had Le'Veon Bell out there, they get to the AFC Championship game, and then he gets hurt and you lose the AFC Championship game, even though Kobe Hamilton is one of your wide receivers, I believe. And in 2017, I know that's disappointing, but that's the only game they had all of the killer Bs, including Martavis Bryant against the Jacksonville Jaguars. And Jim Miller interjected with this guy and he said, that Jacksonville team should have been in the Super Bowl. That was a hell of a team. Tom Coughlin had had that roster rebuild, et cetera, et cetera. And you look at some of the players right now, we're celebrating Miles Jack, who was on that roster. And people talk about Jalen Ramsey. And they had some straight up letter Fournette having a career resurgence with Tampa Bay. And they had some dudes. It was all the Blake Bortles was the problem there. You know what I mean? But, and losing Ryan Shazier is just a, a huge oversight that I still think where people are saying, uh, and this guy brought things up. He's like, Mike Tomlin's a defensive-minded coach. Name one guy that's actually been like a really big name, like star player uh, with Mike Tomlin. And with Jim Miller's like, TJ Watt? <laughs> and I'm sitting over here like Cam Hayward, uh, Baker Fitzpatrick. Like, uh, you go back to Lamar Woodley. He was not a coward player. So I digress. It's a little bit of another hill to die on for another day, maybe during the offseason. But People are going to be out of their freaking mind, Zach, as this goes forward and the Steelers inch towards 500 and Mike Tomlin may not have another losing season. And the expectations are higher. The expectations, this is this guy, they have to be a Super Bowl. And it's like, okay, but can you take a season like this and accept just 
pump your brakes, dude. This isn't the Super Bowl yet, but one, two, three years of progression with Pickett. Look at Burrow. Look at Josh Allen. Look at the trajectory of the way those teams were and where they are now. I know Mahomes came right out on fire, but that was year two. He sat his entire first year behind Alex Smith. And by the way, Andy Reid has a string between Philadelphia and Kansas City of like one playoff win in eight or nine seasons as well. So go look that one up and tell tell yourself now, would you have fired Andy Reid if you were a Kansas City Chiefs fan? Right? Yeah, there that? was a, there was a long period of time yeah. there in Kansas City before Mahomes, like where it was same old shit for the Chiefs year in and year out. <clears throat> Excuse me. Coincidentally, we actually had the Chiefs number when Alex Smith was calling the shots. It felt like they uh, were just an easy opponent for, not not easy, but the Steelers, similar to the Jaguars versus us, we we had it for the Chiefs until uh, Mahomes came into the scene. And I do remember people being a little sick of Andy Reid's just consistent, losing and in the playoffs. I mean, like, cause yeah, fans do get impatient, but, but look at, look at what can come. You know, and and I'm with you on like that's what I was trying to say during my epiphany rant that I feel I feel that like I as long as we're getting better specifically Kenny and the other young pieces on the team like Friermuth who just had his best game I think Najee Najee is showing signs say that five times fast Najee is showing signs of his rookie self and his Alabama self Pickens up and down but you know that that's gonna come with a, a rookie wide receiver who has diva tendencies partially why he fell to the second round, but his flashes are flashes of greatness. Still got Calvin Austin coming along. He's not really relevant to my point right now, but we, we have the pieces in place and we have important pieces in place that you're right. The blueprint is there. Copycat league. Like look at what the Bengals were able to do in a short period of time. And we weren't in as shitty of a state as the Bengals were. We didn't pick Kenny Pickett at one. We picked him at 20. So if so facto, our business model here to get back to the Super Bowl and get back to an elite team, it should be accelerated and, and quicker than what the Bengals had to deal with because we are we are a better team when we drafted our new franchise quarterback than the Bengals were. So these are all good things and, and reasons to believe that after this season, regardless of how it finishes, I think next year there there is plenty of reason to believe that we're going to be right back competing for a playoff spot. Um, again, as long as these things I just mentioned continue to trend in the right direction. Yeah. Oh no, absolutely. I mean, TJ Watt, there you go. And I think that was Minka's locked up for life basically. Yeah. And those are some big pieces. The Bengals added Trey Hendrickson, Jesse Bates. Those were, you know, very similar type of pieces that they needed. Then the quarterback, they got the edge rusher. They got, uh, they got uh, the other players coming along really well now. Oh man. Double digit sacks. And you know, Cam Hayward got his sack. You know, you got to mention Cam Hayward on a whole other level here before I go back to Mike Tomlin. And talking about his coaching job, how cool was that for Connor Hayward? We finally got to see him, uh, his his number called, and he gets to score a touchdown where his father, their father, ended up playing. That was a very emotional moment. I'm not sure if you saw it, but Cam in the pre- uh, post game was wearing um, his father's Falcons jersey, or at least a replica of it, the old uh, Craig Ironhead Hayward who had played many years with Atlanta and Atlanta also wearing the red helmets. What's with everybody bringing out their throwbacks and their alternates. They get fired up to play the Steelers. Don't they? The Colts just, well, they, did just it. they just cleared the, the, the yeah. helmets this year again. They, they yeah. took that away from us and they gave them the opportunity to, they gave NFL <laughs> teams the option to wear a second helmet this year, but they took that away for the past like 10 years. I love it. When I yeah. saw they were wearing the throwbacks, I actually got very nervous. 
Oh, I know. <laughs> you know Doesn't it? That's guy. what I'm saying. Everybody gets fired up. The Dolphins did it too. In, yeah. in Miami, that was like one of their first postseason games in like a decade. They brought they they exhumed the remains of the perfect season team, the uh, the seventy two or whatever Dolphins. Uh, because the Steelers are yeah. the Yankees of football, dude. Everybody gets up to play the Steelers. We are the greatest franchise. Um, I, I was so hyped for Connor Hayward and, and Cam Hayward. That that was a really really cool moment and story that uh, the both of them mentioned how they you know Connor and Cam visited their dad's grave the morning of the game, um, shared a moment there and were able to both you know it was like it was it was like uh divine intervention practically because cam hayward got a sack and then connor scored his first touchdown which i actually saw on twitter this morning it was pretty cool that when their dad craig ironhead hayward was at pitt his like first career touchdown was a very similar touchdown to connor hayward's he like split the seam up the middle for about 30 yards in between like three guys and caught it like right where Connor Hayward did not in the same stadium. But I mean, the plays, if you can find him on Twitter, I don't know who posted it, but it was such a cool clip. And uh, the, the Haywards are so easy to root for because they're just great people. Cam's been a great leader and a great stealer his entire career. Um, he's a large part of my own selfish fandom aside. I really want to win one while Cam is still on the Steelers. He, he deserves a Super Bowl. You know, being here, um, he got to experience guys like Troy Polamalu. Like, he was still around some greatness, James Harrison. And then it was like, it was on him and Ryan Shazier, who you just mentioned a couple minutes ago, to kind of do everything and steer the ship on defense until reinforcements like Minka and TJ showed up. So Cam's been through it all. I think uh, he deserves the world. And it's really cool to see Connor Hayward um, growing in this offense. As most people know, Kenny Pickett likes him. They grew together in the camp, um, training camp, and uh, had a couple good preseason plays together. I actually started Connor Hayward on one of my fantasy teams. No when way. He had the, not yesterday. No, oh, no, when he oh. had like the 50-yard catch versus the Buccaneers. Oh, there so you go. So he still helped me in that game. But um, <laughs> I wasn't starting him yesterday. But it's cool to see because uh, I also – I think Connor Hayward – is one of the like sneakiest guys you could pick out as an impact player for us next year. I, I really see, and I've mentioned this before, I see a lot of young Delaney Walker in his game when Delaney Walker was on the 49ers um, at the beginning of his career, and he was an understudy, a backup, a tight end two, to uh, Vernon Davis, which when you look at the Steelers, Connor Hayward's essentially an understudy, a backup, but he, he shows flashes like this, and you think, man, if we could get this guy on the field more and get him consistent touches, it, he could really be something special. Yeah, no, I totally agree. I was I was smiling over that whole play because I'm like, I, I know Zach's going to be all over this. Uh, <laughs> you know, tomorrow Zach's going to be all over this. This is uh, Brand. Yes, on on point for sure. Well, Muth early too, man. He was tearing it up, I believe. Farmuth finished shirt on. Three for seventy, three for seventy-six on the day. So he led everyone in receiving yards. Deontay five for sixty. I'm glad you brought up the diva thing with George Pickens. I'm going to do that. I want to close the book on something though. With uh, I'm going to call. I'm going to start calling him Iron Mike Tomlin because it just makes mo the most sense to me. This guy gets way too much shit. I'm just going to say it as it is. Tomlin? Deep in it. Absolutely. That oh, guy yeah, calling no and just saying that he needs to be fired. Pat Pat reminded him on that on the radio broadcast there. And this was a caller. He reminded him 
they beat Tom Brady with guys just off the street. Like Quincy Wilson, I don't think had played a snap of a down of football in like two and a half years. We just cut and, him like two weeks ago. Yeah. And then now he's no longer on there. Josh Jackson can't even get on the field as an, as an active. I think, um, Terrell Edmonds might've been out for that game as well. So they're playing like Trey Norwood. Demonte Casey was still on IR. You just had like a band of whatever. And it's like, isn't Connor this Hayward had a big play. Yeah. Isn't this Tomlin's specialty with defense or whatever. And it's like, you just don't realize like this team hadn't been at full strength for greater portions of the year. And there's a lot of turmoil with the quarterback position. Uh, you're spoiled by Ben Roethlisberger and the consistency he provided for all of those years. And even so, there were times where Ben was far from perfect, throwing five interceptions against the Jacksonville Jaguars, for example. He threw a lot of picks in a lot of playoff games, but it's always it comes back to Tomlin. And it's not like some shared blame or anything like that. So um, not necessarily a question I'm posing, but kind of the statement I'm making here is, is that how pissed off are you going to be when Mike Tomlin ends up, they're going to be, they'll be drafting like 18th, <laughs> or something 16th, maybe just outside of the postseason, and has a 500 record. And you're not going to be able to say all of these dumb things you've been queuing up. And there's plenty of clickbait around there. Tomlin, uh, somebody asked him for an autograph in the tunnel. I'm sure you saw that video floating around already. The stuff with George Pickens or Deontay and all the deep oh, stuff. The fan in the tunnel is pissing it's, me off because at yeah. first I thought we all were on the same page that it was cool the way Tomlin reacted that he was so focused on the game and for people that don't know prepare to censor me Joe uh there was a fan standing by himself with his phone out taking a video uh in the Falcon Stadium like kind of in the concession area where you can walk around like clearly the guy wasn't supposed to be there or it was just an inappropriate time and Tomlin walks by with like an escort and the guy almost sarcastically sticks his thumb out and is like come on Mike let's get a win and Tomlin looks at him and goes, man, I'm fucking working and keeps and keeps walking. And everybody I thought was on the same page that that was an awesome yeah. moment. And that's what you want to see in your head coach. I'm not here for selfies or or daps right now. I'm here to finish the game because it was halftime. And this morning I've seen like clockwork, you know, the haters will come out and they're like, this is such a bad way to treat a fan. No. You shouldn't have done this. You shouldn't have been standing there. You yeah. shouldn't have been like getting in his face with his phone in halftime of a game. So, yeah, that, that whole scenario started to piss me off this morning i shouldn't get on twitter first thing in the morning it's bad for my mental health but that was one of the first <laughs> things i saw was people complaining about the way tomlin treated that fan yeah shouldn't go on twitter ever at all it's probably bad for your health i stopped doing it during games the knee-jerk reactions in the middle there's people still bitching about matt canada i understand matt canada is far from perfect but this team has made some strides already it's like they're if they call one jet sweep they're all like out of their mind and it's like okay like ironically I don't they worked yesterday yeah, too i counted I two that were positive yards maybe the, the last were, one I believe. didn't work but that was more on gunner than i think that the scheme i think gunner got a, had a just a, a zero uh on the one no no gain on yeah. the one okay big big whoop de do like you know every single play it just drives me crazy everything can't be perfection Okay. And now you're going to try and like, you're, you're trying to also dump on Tomlin. Oh, they should fire Tomlin or this team can't lose. Right. They want a higher draft pick because you know, TJ Watt was a top 10 pick, right? Uh, people just it, look at the guys they find in the second and third rounds. We're talking about George Pickens. You're talking about Pat Fryermuth. Those are not 
first round draft picks, let alone top 10 first round draft picks. So it does not matter if, where their position is in the draft because all different teams have all different needs. And then the all, second round should be called the Steelers round because they always is. kill the second round. Yeah, they absolutely do. So the George Pickens thing, uh, it annoys the hell out of me because, uh, well, number one, I had him on my DraftKings team. So that annoyed me. Uh, the production wasn't there. The production's not going to be there every single week. And he, okay, who cares that he's like being passionate on the side of the field? He plays with an intensity. I don't see My the same. Thoughts exactly, dude. I, I'm so with you. Everybody thinks he's going to be AB Jr. AB is a completely different animal completely different and, and over the years he became more of a self-centered animal you don't we see. knew this about pickens it's why he was available in the second round i've said on this show that there were people that said his off the field was laughably bad that was the direct quote laughably bad it wasn't about oh it's because he's smoking pot or because he's getting pulled over for speeding or he's partying it was because of this it's because he's got diva tendencies and you know when you're that good when you've been that good your whole life and people just spoon feed you compliments and they spoon feed you the ball, like you come to expect it. And Pickens knows he's good. He gets emotional when he doesn't get his targets. But two things that happened after his blow up that showed me the Steelers understand. Yes, and so does George Pickens. Yeah. Number one was they designed a play to shut him up. They, they gave him a quick, easy pass because they they do care. They want this kid to be a part of the team. They want him to have his mind right. So I think they tried to show him, look, we can get you involved, but it isn't always going to work to the benefit of what we're trying to do on the particular drive because yeah. if I remember correctly, they got Pickens' his pass and then punted shortly after that. So it wasn't really a good play. But late in the game, and this is what had me arguing on Twitter and trying to tell people whether it was in text or just whatever – when the oh, game text messages out. are the worst. If you're getting friends and family on you during the game with stupid, like stupid, stupid, like sidebar stories like that, they're the absolute worst, dude. No, no, I, I keep good company. So like, usually it's all spirited <laughs> conversation, but some people, yeah, some people text me and ask me questions and I'm like, dude, are we watching the same game? But when the game was closing out and the Steelers were clearly running the ball, running the ball, running the ball, George Pickens was out there. He was doing his job. He was getting in the way, blocking. But one of the best things I saw was there was probably like two minutes left. Najee had just run for a first down. First player to run over, grab his hand, help him up, dap him on the helmet, and say good job was George Pickens. You know, that's yeah. maturity. That's growth. People, you want to pick apart everything this kid does and everything he says and everything he, every facial expression he makes in body language, but you don't want to do that for the good stuff. You only want to dissect whenever he's acting up, not when he shows signs of being a good teammate and signs of maturing. That's my whole point. You, like these people, if you're going to look at it that way, you got to look at the whole picture. If you're going to break down everything he does, then make sure you do that for the for the good things too. Yeah, and I know I dumped on um, Deontay the week before the Monday night game, but that was because he came out of the huddle and did like one of these. This wasn't like on the sideline, like lip reading, get me the ball after the fact or whatever. This was in the course of play and body language. It just said, I'm not going to be involved in this particular play or I'm not happy or whatever. That, That's unacceptable. Yeah, I don't care for that. That's a completely different a, a completely different response and outburst. Can't quit on a play. Yeah, don't quit on the play. Don't Please don't quit on the play. Don't quit on your team. Whereas George is saying, hey, Give me the ball. I can help my team. Now, did they really give him this play to shut him up? Yeah, maybe, maybe not. Maybe they went in his direction and realizing, also, we got to keep this defense honest. 
but they bracketed the hell out of George Pickens. And I know um, I haven't spoken to you much recently, but I know we've talked about him being wide receiver one if you're looking at opposing threats when it comes to the Steelers offense. And this came up also with Will McFadden, who was on the show uh, for the pregame from Believe in Falcons podcast. you got to watch Pickens. Pickens is the threat. Whether or not he's labeled as a wide receiver one as a rookie, there's enough there that it's opening up for everybody else too. So while he doesn't get maybe sometimes his targets or something happens, there's a breakdown in the offensive line and a play, he might've been the hot read on it. Uh, he might've been the primary or a secondary he beats his man. He gets open and it just doesn't work out all the time. You know what I mean? There's seconds, there's seconds for these quarterbacks to um, see what's out there. You're reading the coverage pre-snap. You're trying to get a good judgment of where you're going to go with the ball. And hopefully you don't have this, oh shit moment where you got a corner or whatever. Somebody was flying through the middle of the line, completely unblocked and Kenny uh, goes down, but there are very few moments like that. It, it's going to happen, but he's got to work. Kenny is making these reads. Kenny is making these decisions. He's making them. Oh, yeah, quick. Man. They were talking about her on stuff. TV, the way Kenny's yeah. able to see the field and read the whole field. It's, it's another one of those intangible non-statable things that if you know ball you can see what kenny's doing out there and you can tell that he's he's going through each of his reads he's making the right throws even his misfires like like the mr fryer early that could have been a touchdown and the air quotes miss to deontay he's putting the ball in the right spot he's making the right read he just missed fryer by like a foot and deontay i already said it but i feel like that ball was actually in the perfect location so yeah he's seeing who's open He's seeing where to go. Even that one ball that was, I think, on the first or second drive for us, he was going deep, and the ball got hit just late enough that it wasn't a fumble, but it was an incomplete pass, and it just came out as a duck. Um, he was looking deep there. It was either to Deontay or Pickens, and when they showed the replay, from what I could see, both guys were open. So he was making the right read there, too. He just had to get it out a little faster, but as mentioned, this line, it's doing better than expected, but there are still times where it feels like Kenny has little to no time, um, which when he can't escape with his legs, which is another benefit of his game, when he can't do that, um, it's a sack, you know? Yeah, and he's been doing better with that. He's making the reads on the run. He's actually taking the ball and, and taking off with it. There was a second and third down play. It was towards the end of the game where they were trying to close things out. And I was like, oh, man, you know that that play was designed to maybe get two, three yards, maybe not get the full first down. Like, if it does, great. You've dumb lucked your way into the first down game over. Uh, you run the ball. You make the Falcons use their timeouts, et cetera, et cetera. But in this case, it didn't get any gain. And instead of kicking the field goal, Mike Tomlin decides to punt, which I thought was an awesome decision. It's yet another tip of the cap. Me too. To, me too. To me too. Me too. I yeah. wish I would have tweeted about it, but they're, I didn't. But I knew not it was going a good call. Falcons offense isn't going to march 90 some yards, but if you miss this field goal and they need a touchdown they or, can march or, or they don't, they could tie the game. Young, Ho, young way. Ku can kick the ball 50 yards in a dome stadium. So back them the F up. You know what I mean? That's, that, that's not perfect. Right, to his credit had a good game, but yeah. he's not, I, I don't feel he's confident not banging in a 50 yarder. No, no, absolutely not. And he had a 48, I think two from like 43 or something from the same distance, but uh, man, I wanted to rewind to something else you said, and this closes the book on the Rudolph versus the Pickett type deal. 
uh, Rudolph didn't instill that same kind of confidence with me. Was he above the line? Could he be a solid backup? Yes. And even statistically, it was more or less to show you have some friggin' patience with the rookie. You know, he's growing. Uh, you hated the other guys so much. And, and it's also to just show the Yenzers that they're hypocritical, a whole hell of a lot of them. Uh, there's a lot of them that still are impatient and treating Kenny the same way that they treated Mason. But Mason doesn't scan the field the same way and is making those quick decisions where the ball is out of his hand, like boom, pronto. You know what I mean? So to close the oh, for sure. And you know, people were freaking out because Tomlin punted yesterday, living in his fears. And then what they don't account for is, and I understand because he's a very up and down guy, but Presley Harvard had the best punt of his career. And oh. then Minka did Minka things <laughs> yeah. and we won. Yeah. Well, Minka did Minka things and then uh, said, sorry, not sorry for not getting me a tutty for my DraftKings also. That oh, hurt. Dude, I texted my dad all excited <laughs> and I should have learned from my life with my dad and the past experiences. <laughs> he was like, yeah, I had the over, dude. And I was like, oh, shit. Oh, <laughs> would he have made it? Wasn't it 41? He might have had final? an alternate one because I know he couldn't have had the Steelers because yeah. we were only we were favored by like one point. So we still covered that. But so it must have been like the over. But yeah, yeah 35, he, he was one of the 35 people upset. points. It was 35 points and it would have been 42. It would have just made it with the extra point. Oh, I know, man. It was just like right there. And I took Steelers D because they were cheap. Uh, I should have actually taken I not that I would have wanted to necessarily, but I should have noticed it was the same thing like you were talking about re revenge games. I made a mistake not taking A.J. Brown, and I made a mistake uh, maybe not taking the Browns against, what, Kyle Allen or whoever was playing um, quarterback for the Texans. He was just pure cheeks, man. Oh, no, uh, the, Texan, the Texans should have won that, though. The Deshaun Watson didn't do shit, man. They, oh. they, they had that game, but they just lost. I mean, they're... they're I can understand conspiracy theories about teams tanking because Texans should have won yesterday. I was bummed I didn't bet on them until I saw that they weren't <laughs> able to close it out. Yeah, same here. So uh, just maybe some other a few notes. And the Steelers just seem kind of ruthless on third and fourth down. I think they've been moving the chains earlier and like getting some first downs on first down on second down. That's been a big Derek change. Watt. Talk about Derek Watt, dude. Yeah, Derek Watt. What a, what a monster. What is he, like five for five now? Uh, five for five on converting uh third yeah, downs. Yeah, yeah, or or even fourth downs. I think it's been mostly almost all fourth downs, just letting Kenny lean into it. And again, the perfect pass thing, like we were saying. Um, I, I don't have a problem with any of those. Like you said, the decisions seem to be going in the right places, seems to be making the right reads, and just that sometimes it doesn't work out. I mean, how many times did Sammy Coates drop a ball from Ben Roethlisberger or something like that, where Ben puts it right, you know, maybe we're only where he can play and a lot of that comes with just the, um, what do you want to say? Who do you give the benefit of the doubt to? And you would often give Ben the benefit of the doubt. Now, all eyes are on Ben's replacement. Everybody wants that franchise quarterback that's going to lead the Steelers to the promised land. You just have, this just needs a little bit of patience. And this is like, this is where I saw this season progressing. The, the hope was at the very beginning, can they find somebody to possibly fill the shoes of Ben Roethlisberger. He doesn't have, they don't have to be Ben Roethlisberger. Being Ben, there'll never be another Ben. But can there be somebody that could at least be a franchise quarterback or are they going to go through the hell that the Colts have gone through? They show the graphic every Colts game of all the players since Andrew Luck. Uh, the same thing, I bring up the Broncos all the time and even Dude, ironically, the Steelers have a chance to be like the Ravens and getting their next franchise quarterback right away because, yeah, it's not normal when your franchise quarterback of 15, 20, whatever years leaves, and then you get the next one possibly right away. Like Ben's locker is still warm. 
and yeah. we got the next quarterback right away. Normally, that's very hard. We've all seen years and years of the Bengals and Browns, et cetera, Titans, like these teams, Dolphins. It's not normal to find your next guy right away. And if we've been able to do that, that is so huge. And that that is another reason why people should be patient because the improvement's there. It's in the stats. It's in the numbers. If Deontay doesn't drop a ball yesterday, if Pickens doesn't drop a couple balls the game before, Kenny's well ahead. I mean, well over uh, 200 yards in both of these past games. Instead, the drops kept him the 190s, 180s. But the stats would look better if everything was going perfectly. But that's not reality. What's important is you yourself need to sit there and watch Kenny play. And it doesn't take much to, to see that this kid isn't your run-of-the-mill. Like He's not a first-round bust. I, no. I have the utmost confidence saying that already. I'm I'm so sick of hearing about the busts and busted drafts thing. And again, people aren't taking into consideration the players that were taken in second and third rounds as well. We saw, I'm sure you saw the same uh, tweet float around from somewhere. Someone, of course, everyone's got, they're like buzzards uh, flying around on the Pickens news on whether Deontay's being kept happy, uh, whatever they, the Mike Tomlin thing in the tunnel and anything that they could latch onto, it seems like just kind of ridiculous. And they had been saying this, a uh, nausea bust and Najee looked freaking good. He looks like he's back to health and cycling in Jalen Warren had one carry Jalen Warren's supposed to be the next dude, put Jalen Warren in instead. Now there ain't nobody there. Not even on this show that thought Benny Snell would be the change of pace. And you've got many change of paces, Steve Sims, Gunnar Oshevsky, uh, Derek Watt, They've got a lot, a lot of weapons in the arsenal when it comes to trying to run the football. My boy, Anthony McFarland, he yeah. looked great last game when he, got yeah. get, when he was given an opportunity. He didn't get a hat last game um, or he just didn't play at all. But that's another one. Yeah, we've all of a sudden got this deep running back room. Yeah. And uh, again, Najee, 5.1 yards per carry in this game. And I, I know people aren't liking it for their fantasy teams or whatever, but maybe being the bell cow. Uh, isn't what he needs to do, not only just for his health, but for just the way the teams have to defend. And, and he's still he's still the starter, you know. And he's yeah. still Bell Cow is an extreme term, but he's still by by my account looked like he was getting um the lion's share yesterday and took oh, advantage. Yeah. He almost had a hundred yards. So you know, Bell Cow. Um, it, it, I guess it, de it depends on your definition of a Bell Cow. You know, I guess obviously not giving anybody any carries at all that would be a Bell Cow. But if he's still getting like 15 to, to Benny Snell's four and Derek Watts two and jet sweeps account for three. Like that, that's a good formula, I think. Yeah, absolutely. And, uh, you know, Warren's coming in past, oh, yeah, pass, pass pro. And so, um, let me see here. I just had it up. Najee Harris, 66% of the, the snaps. Uh, so he played 43 of the 65 offensive plays for the Steelers against okay. the Falcons. And I mean, he's out there more than even Fryermuth. Fryermuth was out there for 36 plays, 55%. They shake it up a lot. Gentry's out there. Gentry may be the better blocker. Like I said, I've said this before. Maybe, dude. Well, I, I yeah. Love that, I, but come on. Yeah, well, you know what? This is a great thing to bring up. I was thinking this while you were uh, on your epiphany earlier. Pat's better than he was and, at Penn State, but blocking isn't his thing. Uh, blocking is okay, but 
and when you're asking guys to chip, that doesn't necessarily help either. And it also hurts like the past game too and could be disruptive. Go look at the Kurt Warner and some of his videos on the Steelers offense with Kurt Warner. He explains it pretty good. But Zach Gentry was Brian a Brian Baldinger, you mean? Uh, no, no, no. Kurt Warner has a YouTube oh, okay. thing too. But Baldy also had Baldy's breakdowns are awesome. Also, uh, yeah. give credit where credit is due. Betty Snell nine snaps in this game. He actually was out snapped by uh, Jalen Warren thirteen to nine, but he didn't have as many carries. And that that really messes with the defense. You're looking across there and you're like, okay, Jalen Warren's in, Betty Snell's in. They're running the ball no matter what. And it really hasn't been that way. So give a little bit of credit to, I don't know where it's coming from. Is it all Matt Canada? Did they take some of his toys away and give him the Mike Sullivan who used to be an OC as well? Or is there like a team effort, collaborative effort, the other players having some input somewhere, somewhere, somehow during that bye week, someone drew a line and they said, okay, this ain't working. Scrap it. This is working. Let's see what we could do with some of these things. And effectively they're all the same plays as we know. Uh, but Ben, but Ben, uh, had how many years with Heath Miller to have that report and know where Heath Miller is going to be at any given moment on a third down in the end zone, near the end zone to lay the ball in exactly where this decide, whatever Heath Miller, six, seven, you know, 280 pounds, whatever he is and put it, I don't know if he was 280, 260. Um, but, but you, you know what I'm saying? Kenny, how many games has he been starting? He's, he's, he's rookie. He's been with this team just now in the now. And I, I, again, I brought up Ben's numbers for those first three seasons he played before. And now I think even if I go to put up and revise that and put in Kenny's new numbers, they're going to be very indistinguishable between yeah. those. And now you're starting to get some wins. Now you're able to lean on the defense, make a damn you for not taking that in as a pick six, but I'll take it. I, I understand it. I'll take the W over my fantasy W's any day of the week. It does cost me money, but that's, uh, you know, I still love you. And uh, it's just, um, it's a great silver lining. Dude. Yeah. That, that's, that's my input. Cause I, I went one in three in my fantasy leagues. Um, won the must win though. That that's, that's a good point. I won my must win matchup, but I lost in my other leagues. I didn't win much money gambling, uh, <laughs> but the Steelers won. Kenny looked good. I'm with you on the Friar move thing, 100%. I, I think I already said this, but I, I think he had his greatest play and maybe his greatest game as a Steeler just based off of the um, outside-the-box look at what Frymuth was able to do because he had more than one crucial third-down conversion for Kenny yesterday for the offense, I should say. And he, he's showing signs of – there was a small part of me when the season began and he was – out with concussions and there were some games where he totally disappeared that I started to lessen my enthusiasm and kind of worry bust. about the bust. <laughs> no, 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 no. That's what not... everyone else was saying. Bust. <laughs> but I think Fryermuth has like superstar potential. I really do. And the way the season started, I kind of started to dim like that excitement that I had for him, but it's back now. He's, I'm pretty sure he's tight end six in most fantasy leagues right now. So he's borderline yeah. top five numbers wise yeah well and still my point was like the rapport between ben and like ab that didn't happen overnight that took yeah, time. It's getting better uh, by time it's, yeah. me too yeah it's like kenny with each start it seems like he knows he's gonna get that how time. to get guys involved better and better and, and where their sweet spots are you know because a lot of fire moves catches were in the same area of the field a lot of deontay's targets seem to be in the same area consistently over time so he's getting a feel for where guys 
like when Uncle Jesse in Full House was playing basketball and he had the one sweet spot on the court. <laughs> it's like he's figuring out where Friermuth's sweet spots are, where Deontay's sweet spots are, and Pickens. It's it's coming with each start and, and the more reps that he's getting. I'm with you a thousand percent. It's just Ben, you have the the years to look at, and Kenny, we're just looking at a game by game improvement. But it, it, there is improvement. Yeah, I mean, Kenny's new to the NFL. He's got to get used to pro speed. It's a whole different game than playing in college. It's the reason why guys don't that are stars in college don't come straight into the NFL and are superstars. And just to to close some of the analogy as well, I mean, how much is Travis Kelsey out there blocking? So it's like I don't, I don't care if Pat's blocking enough or not. Uh, Kyle Pitts, who oh I really don't care. Yeah, we don't we don't need him to be a good blocker with with who we've got. But I'm yeah. just saying it's definitely not a strong suit right now. Yeah, and you know Matt Spath made a huge career. Um, yeah. he had a, he had two stints with the Steelers as being that blocking guy. And I think that's where you could, uh, look at Zach Gentry, hopefully blocking tight ends still get paid. They still get paid. Yeah. Look at what Nick Boyle or whatever, what the Ravens did. And Darren Fells has made quite a bit of money. And these aren't guys Faith that himself are... got lured out of here by the bears. Yeah, exactly. So, uh, it, it, it's a, we'll put it this way. It's a far cry from like Jesse James who, yeah. you know, he was what he was, and they were always looking to replace him. They were always looking for very many years to have that security blanket for the quarterback. So when people are saying, like, well, they should have gotten an offensive lineman instead of drafting Pat Fryermuth, and you can take a look at the way this is structured now, it's like, no, you've got that safety blanket now in place. You didn't have to go through, you know, Vance McDonald, who may have been healthy to play here or there. Uh, he was okay, but Ladarius Green didn't end up working out. Eric Ebron didn't end up working out. So you got to have your passing tight end. You got to have your blocking tight end. McDonald ended up being more of the latter, uh, unfortunately. It's not that Zach Gentry can't catch passes, but it goes to show you how they've structured this roster to be able to put Kenny in there. Because if they if they didn't structure it this way and he had nobody to throw the freaking ball to, <laughs> and I, I'm going to say this much too, because it, uh, this was piggybacking off the tweet. I didn't get the show and I can't remember who it came from. They were talking about how, oh, I think I know who it was from. Actually, let's, uh, I'm going to bring it. I'm actually going to pull it up. It's one of my favorite people from the fan. And uh, it's not Filipponi. It's not Filipponi, but we'll see if um, I could end up finding it here real quick. Because he just, uh, yeah, of course, he runs his mouth so much. Oh, geez, something about Josh uh, Josh Johnson. But uh, I'm not going to be able to find it. I think it was uh, from Josh Roundtree. Uh, but I, I don't want to dump on him if it wasn't him, unfortunately. It could have been somebody else. Uh, or he might have retweeted it. But anyways, the gist of this was was something to the effect. It could have been Pony, too. Who knows? It, it's definitely something he would say. But Deontay Johnson getting paid all this money and doesn't have a receiving touchdown. Chase Claypool's no longer even on the roster. And uh, George Pickens, uh, you know, one catch or whatever yesterday. Uh, don't call the Steelers a wide receiver factory. It's like, oh, yeah, say this uh, just uh, for the, the, the sake of... <laughs> this one game you're looking at this oh yeah it was round tree i found it let's pull it up and put Man, it on the i've big never heard here. a more nearsighted take it, it's yeah. literally a, a countrywide joke that the steelers have an uncanny freakish ability to draft and produce receivers yeah this guy's looking at the past like three four games under a microscope not even the rookie quarterback just yesterday just yesterday, Deontay Johnson was a third-round pick. He has zero touchdowns this year. Pickens was a second-round pick. Two targets today. Targets, because targets are huge. Chase Claypool, second-round pick. He plays for Chicago. Let's pump the brakes on their ability to hit home runs a mid-round wide receiver. We got a second-round pick for Claypool back. And, and I keep thinking about this constantly now that he's gone and the offense has been better. How much of, was he a problem? 
Yeah. Was he a problem in this offense? Not catching block. You know, I'd have to go through some game film. Is he getting open? We know that probably two of the interceptions on Kenny's stat sheet are attributed to Chase Claypool. No, I know what you mean, dude. My buddy yeah. made a joke on, I think it was Eric. He made a joke on Twitter being like, the Steelers got rid of Claypool to make room for Connor Hayward. <laughs> and I was like, it sounds funny, but like Connor's producing. Oh, and make room for Pat too. And have Zach yeah, out Pat, there more yeah. and play more two tight end sets, which also precludes getting Derek Watt and Connor Hayward out there. And you know, all these people that were talking all this time about all the money that you paid for Derek Watt. It's like Derek Watt, they, they found a niche for this guy. He might still, uh, what did he end up playing? Probably next to nothing, seven snaps. So the same as Trent Scott, who came in for Chooks. Uh, we'll the form. temperature on this guy's take next year when Calvin Austin's back, the guy who was, killing it in camp with Kenny before he got hurt. Oh I'm, man. Uh, I'm still Anthony very excited Miller about too, man. Austin. Anthony Miller, but Miles Boykin pleasantly surprised me. And I think it's good. I, I never like to see anybody get injured, but Anthony Miller being out of the way, Miles Boykin, he's the one who downed that punt uh, on the one yard line. He was down there. He's, he's quicker than a hiccup. I'm very happy with him. He's got size. He doesn't do a whole lot in the actual pass game, more or less when you see that he's out there, they're probably going to run the football, but still the same. And also, how about this? This is a kind of cool note too. Cam Sutton offensive snap yesterday, victory formation. How about that? Oh, was he the tailback? The yeah. Troy? How about that? Like usually it's Minka. All them all used to do it. But I think Minka, give this guy a, give this guy a blow because he just yeah. caught that and he was running and comes out. So it was like, how cool is that? Like it's it usually a lot of times. Yeah. Troy Polamalu. It's over a trusted, years, smart, player. trusted or like veteran captain type guy. If it's a defensive player that ends up out there. So Cam Sutton getting some kudos. I, I really liked that. I think we're up against it, man. We've been chit chatting for a while. There's so, so many things that uh, there is to cover because too many people had their eyes on the already looking into the off season looking too far ahead. And now you're going to look ahead to the Baltimore Ravens who looked like a big, scary opponent. And now maybe without their biggest threat, who talk about one of the clickbait type items that's come out of Baltimore. Lamar Jackson is quiet quitting. If you hadn't heard that term, it's just doing the, the bare minimum in order to get by at your job because he doesn't have that contract yet. And he wants he wants that truck backed up just like Deshaun Watson got everything guaranteed. And it's a very hot topic to where they're not discussing anymore. And Lamar doesn't have an agent. So he's doing all of this. Yeah. He's doing all of this on his own. Uh, it, you know, there's a lot of things that are going on right now. So if he's hurt, is he in a rush to come back? Is he going to help his team? I, I don't I actually, to... I mean, I'm going to catch heat from this that. if people are still listening to two presenters, but yeah. I, I feel bad for Lamar. I hope he didn't hurt his knee too bad. I, I am a, a fan. I, I think he's a good player. I yeah, take him yeah. as the quarterback of my team. But um, if he hurt his knee in his negotiating year, that really sucks. Like I, I feel for him bad. Um, I'm sure he'll bounce back. But uh, I've said this before. It's a win-win. If the Ravens pay him, they're screwed with their salary cap. And if they don't pay him, that means no more Lamar Jackson. Even though we play him well, the Steelers always play him well. He's still a good quarterback. I'd rather the Ravens have a bad one. Yeah, I talked about it on the pregame, too. You know who else plays well against them, has played well against them? Brian Flores, as far as yeah. the coaching. And we saw that against Mariota. This was a run-oriented primer for Sunday. Big game. I don't know if the Steelers will bust out color rush again. It'd be interesting to see if we get yet another alternate throwback type jersey. Block <laughs> numbers. Week. Block numbers, I think, are coming for the Christmas Eve game against the Raiders and the 50th anniversary of the Immaculate oh, that's right. Reception. So uh, they have a Franco commemorative patch. They have them up for sale on Steelers.com. 
Uh, so check those out. I don't think that this one is, um, usually I'm a sucker for the commemorative stuff. This one just isn't doing it for me. And then I'm kind of like, are they going to wear the block numbers again? Because they didn't wear them last year. They might not have worn them for like two years, to be honest. I remember when I first got it, I bought an AB one. And then he decided to work his way out of town. And it's just like, well, do I invest in another? And of course, I got one of the, you know, the Chinese ones. I got a Juju and now he's not around. And it's like, ah, I'm like, what do that I do? That Chinese site know? messes up the block number ones, I think. Because oh, I, I have a couple from them too. That, that one's too hard for them to nail. They do a good job otherwise. But the Steelers block numbers are uniquely... They're thick, but they're skinnier than like the Giants block numbers, you know, like oh, they're weird. like a thick block or they're a skinny block number. And that Chinese website doesn't know how to do it because, yeah, I have a I have a Minka and a Deontay, I think. And I don't wear them because it's it's noticeable that like they're not right. <laughs> you know what? We could probably do a whole show just on that. To be honest, yeah. I got enough of them in the closet. I'd be like, hey, look, this is one way. And you never know what you're getting because they show you the stock images that are the real ones. Yeah, not the fakes or whatever. So but it was just like one of these things. I'm not investing $150 in a jersey they're going to wear one time. But for those of you who like to do that kind of thing, go check it out and uh, get, get yourself some new swag for Christmas Eve. That'll be the one percenters that are left now uh, listening. So we'll put a bow on the show. Uh, as always, thank you for supporting Steel City Underground, uh, no matter where you're watching or listening from. Don't forget to like, comment, and subscribe. Got another big game coming. I will mention the Zero Blitz stuff with Brian Flores. I mean, that was highly successful with the Dolphins. We're seeing some of that sprinkled in now over the last couple of games. Try and stop or limit guys like Jonathan Taylor to limit the plethora of guys the Falcons have. That's that's their primary. That was the other thing too, Zach. It was like, punt the ball. Make Mariota beat you with his arm because you know he can't. It just wasn't yeah. going to happen. You saw that at the end of the half that they started running the ball and they were more effective, and that that's their game. They got back to it in that third quarter. And I had looked, the thought they might run the ball every play, the yeah. Falcons, I mean, because of how good they were doing it in the third quarter. And you never know who it's coming from, Patterson or Algier or even Mariota. But, yeah. but the Steelers, they're ready. They're primed. They're ready. They just saw this, and then they're going to see this again with the Ravens and perhaps – not as good of a quarterback under center or shotgun. The old dress rehearsal. Yeah, yeah, they got the old dress rehearsal and they get to play at home after two strong road wins. So we'll put we'll uh, wrap it up from here. Till next time. My name's Joe. His name's Zach or Flash or Zachadonia, as Brian would call you. Brian's back, by the way, if you didn't notice. So uh, get to tease joy. him a little more. Yeah, joy, joy. We'll have to get us all on one here at some point, but. Uh, we will. Until next time, as we always do on this show, we encourage everyone out there to be safe, be good, and we'll catch you later. We would like to thank you for listening and remind our listeners to follow us on social media and our website, www.steelcityunderground.com.